0: Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. We're going to talk today in the program about the Jewish feast of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And we're really going to speak about uh, what is behind this feast. And a key element of the feast is forgiveness. And you and I are required to forgive. And we're going to look, first of all, at the teaching of Jesus, a parable in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. And it is the parable of the unmerciful or unforgiving servant. Then Peter came up. they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place then his master summoned him and said to him you wicked servant i forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should not you who have had mercy on your fellow servant as i had mercy on you and in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart and that's an interesting <clears throat> line from your heart it means it's not just a matter of saying hey I forgive you but Jesus is saying it's, it's got to be a heart issue your, your heart has to change your heart has to forgive as well and so we just came through the most holy days uh, of this fall season, and we just finished Yom Kippur, sundown uh, this past Monday night, uh, September 25th, and Yom Kippur is also known as the Day of Atonement. Kippur is the Hebrew kafar, and it means to cover, and atonement simply means covering. And we see this in Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make an atonement for your sins, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. High <clears throat> priests would take blood and sprinkle it uh, on the Ark of the Covenant, and then he would lay his hands on the scapegoat, and uh, projected the sins of the people uh, were, were placed upon the scapegoat and then that scapegoat was led <clears throat> into the wilderness. And so prior to Yom Kippur, of course, is Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, the Feast of Trumpets. And between the Feast of Trumpets, it's, it's, it's called the awakening blast. It's preparing people uh, to meet God. It's preparing people to, to deal with their sin so that they don't bring that baggage into the coming year. And of course, uh, Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish new year. And so between Rosh Hashanah, <clears throat> the Feast of Trumpets, uh, it's 10 days of awe, prior to yom kippur and so in those 10 days you examine yourself much like what the new testament teaches you know before a christian receives the eucharist holy communion we are to examine ourselves see if there is any wicked way in us see if we have any unforgiveness in our hearts and then deal with that before we come to the communion table and so on yom kippur the day is spent in fasting and prayer And Yom Kippur completes the 10 days of awe, which begin with Rosh Hashanah. And the Mishnah teaches that during the 10 days of awe, a person must reconcile relationship with both God and others. A person was not prepared to seek divine mercy during the great feast uh, fast on the day of atonement if he or she had not first sought reconciliation with his or her neighbor if it was necessary to forgive one another on a personal level so as to approach God without a bitter heart. Mercy from above depended upon showing mercy to those below. And according to Judaism, the Day of Atonement does not cover a sin between one person and his neighbor unless the sin has been appeased by the offender or forgiven by the victim. And the Mishnah uh, tractate of Yama 8, Verse 9 says this, Sins between one man and his friend, Yom Kippur does not atone for until one appeases his friend. Yom Kippur is a day of reconciliation between people and God. And there's two types of commandments found in the Torah. Those between us and God, and those between us and others. Uh, Rabbi Gamaliel Barabi says, He who is merciful to others will have mercy shown to him by heaven. He who is not merciful to others will not have mercy shown to him by heaven. So the concept in the scripture that Jesus is referring to, just as my heavenly father forgave you, you should forgive your neighbor. It's the concept of imitation day. And it's from early Jewish thought. And Imitation Day demanded that genuine mercy be granted by one person to another in the same way that God himself gives grace to the sinner. So the issue of first reconciling with a person before reconciling with God was a pervasive teaching in ancient Judaism. Rabbi Ben Surya says in a discussion about prayer and healing, forgive your neighbor the wrong he has done, and then your sins will be forgiven when you pray. Does a person harbor anger against another and yet seek for healing from the Lord? Does he have not mercy towards a man like himself and yet pray for his own sins if he himself being flesh maintains wrath who will make expiation for his sins remember the end of your life and cease from enmity towards another and this is so key and i remember as a pastor we would also we would all uh, often pray for the sick uh, on a sunday morning service um, and people would come forward, and, and before we would pray, I'd always say, you know, one of the great roadblocks to divine healing is unforgiveness. So if, if you're harboring bitterness, uh, unresolved conflict with a family member or a neighbor, you really need to, to deal with that. And um, in your heart, forgive, and then go to that person and um, ask forgiveness. So, what is the connection? between Yom Kippur and the parable of the unforgiving servant that we just read in Matthew 18. By the way, this parable is one of my favorite parables. It's so powerful. And every time that I am tempted, and I am often tempted to hold resentment uh, because maybe I've been hurt by someone, maybe I've been offended by someone. And so we're all tempted. Someone once said, revenge is the sweetest morsel ever cooked in hell. And so, you know, we want revenge. We want to exact revenge towards someone that's harmed us or taken advantage of us or betrayed us. And whenever I'm tempted to um, hold revenge and unforgiveness, I'm reminded of Matthew 18. The, the power of this parable has really changed my life. And Peter's question in Matthew 18:21, "'Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him up to seven times?' And though the Gospel of Matthew does not mention the time of the year that Jesus taught this parable or when Peter asked this question, the question by Peter is a typical question in the 10 days of awe prior to Yom Kippur. You would ask a a rabbi, you know, I've got this problem and I want to clear it up with a neighbor or a family member that's betrayed me or hurt me and um, I've forgiven them before And every Yom Kippur, every 10 days of awe, I I come and I I, uh, forgive. But this has gone on for years. How often should I forgive my brother that has sinned against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus said, no, seven times uh, 70. Um, In other words, it's innumerable that you you always must be in a place of forgiveness. So... Though the Gospel of Matthew does not mention the time of the parable, this question by Peter was a typical question in the 10 days of awe prior to the Day of Atonement. And Bible scholars say it's quite likely that the parable was taught uh, during the 10 days of awe between the Feast of Trumpets and Yom Kippur. And it's talking about interpersonal reconciliation, and that's what the parable is about. So to forgive, is, someone once said, is to set a prisoner free and discovered that the prisoner was you. Because when you hold on forgiveness, and I can say this to myself, whenever I've held forgiveness, I was the prisoner, not the person I was holding ought towards, not the person that I was angry at and, and bitter towards. I became the prisoner. So to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was actually you. Forgiveness, someone else said, is the fragrance the rose sheds on the heel that crushes it. It's like you're walking through a, a garden and suddenly you uh, you, you step on a, a rose bush and you crush a rose uh, flower. And all of a sudden, you, you smell the beautiful aroma under your heel. So someone once said, forgiveness is the fragrance the rose sheds on the heel that crushes it. So when you've been crushed and you've been betrayed and you've been hurt by someone, When you forgive, it's like a beautiful aroma that fills your heart and your life. When we approach Yom Kippur, the 10 days of awe prior to Yom Kippur, we must reconcile, uh, and we must reconcile with God as well. And the concept of imitation day, forgiving those who sin against you in the same way that God forgives you, is not just um, Old Testament teaching. It's an entire Bible teaching. Uh, Jesus taught it all through his uh, ministry. Jesus taught that our relationship with others is a prerequisite for approaching God. Human forgiveness is crucial for divine mercy. And we find it here in the parable of the unforgiving servant. Again, this parable Jesus taught was most likely taught during the 10 days of awe prior to Yom Kippur, and so a servant, uh, has he owes his master a lot of money. And so his master comes to a point where he wants to settle accounts. And he brings in this servant who owes him 10,000 talents. And the servant was unable to pay it at that moment. And so the master said, well, you and your wife and your children, you're, you're all going to be sent to debtor's prison until you have the ability to pay this debt back to me and in verse 26 it says so the servant fell on his knees imploring him have patience with me and I will pay you everything and why was he so upset I mean we just go to debtor's prison you know go to your bank account and and pay your master back for the the money that you owe Uh, the the reason is why he was so upset, because he was just given a life sentence, because there's no way this servant could have ever paid back uh, the amount owed to his master. And, And as Jesus told the parable, I'm sure... People were were laughing because it was it was hilarious. It was so impossible. It was such an extreme debt. He could never pay it back in a thousand lifetimes. He was in a grave situation. He owed ten thousand talents of silver, and ten thousand talents this is equivalent in in our economy today. Are you ready? Three point four eight billion dollars. Three and a half billion dollars. This servant owed his master. Only if this servant worked every day for 200,000 years would he be able to pay back this, this huge debt. And so, again, he was on his way to debtor's jail, and he would have spent the rest of his life uh, in that jail, as well as his wife and his children. That's why he was in such a grave situation. And the audience of Jesus knew Um, that this was an extreme amount of money uh, to pay back. And so he fell down, he begged, and uh, he he had just uh, owed so much money. And the master said, you know what? I'm going to forgive you of this incredible debt. And this is a picture of God's forgiveness of your sin and my sin. And... We, we all owed a debt we could not pay. I mean, think of all the great hymns of the church. We, we had this huge debt we could not pay. And we came to the Lord and, and we repented and we asked forgiveness. And he forgave us our sins. And he threw them away as far as the east is from the west. And he remembers them no more. It, it is a picture of great, great grace uh, of this, this servant who was forgiven a debt of $3.5, $3.5 billion, a debt he could not pay. And you and I could not ever have paid the debt of sin. We had to come to a loving Savior to pay our debt of sin. And so we follow this servant now, and he goes to his servant who owes him 100 denarii, and it's 16th thousandths of the debt he had been just forgiven of and it's about one day's wage and it's a minor debt that could be paid. His servant could have just worked one day for him and paid the debt, but he threw him into debtor's prison. And um, until he could pay the debt, which was really a dumb idea, because if if you're in prison, how are you going to earn one day's wage? You you need to be out in the workforce to to earn a day's wage to pay the money back. So he threw him in, in bitterness into debtor's prison. And when the unmerciful servant's master found out what had happened, he was furious. And in the parable, the Bible, Jesus teaches, he turned him over to the torturers And this word in Greek means to torture with extreme pain. And then in verse 34 and 35 of the parable, And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And again, from your heart, it's, it's a heart issue. It's not just a matter of saying, hey, I forgive you, let's settle accounts. No, it's from your heart. You've got to cast out all that bitterness that might be within your heart towards an offending party. So Jesus holds the line on the issue of forgiving a sin uh, that's been committed against you, that you need to forgive so that your heavenly father can forgive you. And you need to forgive in the same way your heavenly father has forgiven you. So why is Jesus so strict? If you cannot give forgiveness after experiencing release, you'll never be able to receive grace from God. You'll still be walking around in your grave clothes. And Jesus, knowing this, is is the issue of this parable. It's saying if you can't forgive, you're never going to be forgiven. You're going to walk around as a dead person the rest of your life in grave clothes, so that you, because you can't receive the grace from God, because you've placed yourself in the hands of tortures. And I tell you, bitterness is torture. And when when you and I cannot forgive, the heart is filled with bitterness, and that bitterness goes down to the very core of our being. And it destroys us. And so Jesus, knowing that, says, release yourself from that bitterness and forgive those that have sinned against you. And you might say, okay, Aaron, this is just a parable. Uh, Maybe it's not the right interpretation. Can you give us a proof text? Uh, The Bible says, you know, let everything be established by two or three witnesses. Surely Jesus would not be teaching that if we don't forgive, we cannot be forgiven. Surely, you might say, this is just an Old Testament teaching. Surely, we are under grace. And so many people say that well, I'm under grace. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to follow any commandments. But Jesus, uh, you might say, overlooks our bitterness and unforgiveness, He gives us a pass. We really don't have to reconcile with others before we reconcile with God. You might say, well, Yom Kippur, that's just an Old Testament Jewish thing. The 10 days of awe where we examine ourselves, that's just a Jewish thing. Pas- Passover, Pentecost, uh, it's just a Jewish thing. And, um, but Jesus said in Matthew 5-7, remember Jesus uh, is a Jewish rabbi, and he was teaching first century Judaism. And in Matthew 5, 7, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. What's that saying? Well, if I'm not merciful, I'm not going to obtain mercy. So that's a direct proof text from Jesus. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Matthew 6, 9 through 15. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. For if you do not forgive men... Their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. It's pretty clear what Jesus is saying there, that if you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. And uh, then in Matthew 5, 23 through 24, leave your gift at the altar. If, if you have aught with your brother, leave your gift. First go reconcile with your brother and then come back uh, to the altar to ask You know, God's forgiveness of you. First you've got to reconcile with those below before you reconcile with with your Father in heaven. Both are seriously important in the teachings of Jesus. And then in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves must also love his brother. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. And so all through the Bible, both Old and New Testament, the issue of forgiveness, forgiveness is paramount. And that's why for me personally, this parable in Matthew 18 has been a lifesaver for me. It's saved me years of bitterness. It's saved me years of, of walking around you know, with my grave clothes on. It's freed me so many times from the temptation to harbor anger and bitterness in my heart towards someone that has sinned against me. One of my favorite stories, and I'll conclude with this, is the story of Walter Rathnow and Ernest Werner Takau. And Walter Rathnau was a German-Jewish foreign minister in Germany in 1922. And Ernest Werner Tackow was one of three German right-wing terrorists that assassinated Walter Rathnau. And they were political anti-Semites. And they were all three apprehended. Two were killed. And only Tackow survived. And Mathilda Rathnau, was the mother of Walter who had been assassinated. She was the victim's mother. And she wrote a letter to Tachau's mother three days after Tacao had murdered her son. And here's what she said. In grief unspeakable, I give you my hand. You of all women most pitiable. Say to your son that in the name and spirit of him he has murdered, I forgive, even as God may forgive. There's that the Jewish concept of imitation days. I I forgive you as God has forgiven me, even as God may forgive. If before an earthly judge your son makes a full and frank confession of his guilt and before a heavenly judge repents, had he known my son, the noblest man earth bore, he would have rather turned the weapon on himself. May these words give you peace to your soul. Mathilda Rathenau. And so her son, um, Takao, uh, lived five years in prison, and he was released on good behavior. And 13 years later in 1940, when France surrendered to Nazi Germany, Takao smuggled himself into France, and he helped over 700 Jews escape to Spain with Moroccan permits. He confided to a nephew with Rathenau that... His repentance and transformation had come from the letter of uh, Rathenau's mother. And just as Frau Rathenau uh, conquered herself, said Takao to his friend, when she wrote that letter of pardon, I have tried to master myself. I only wished I would get an opportunity to right the wrong I have done. And so that's a great story of forgiveness and you see what happened there uh the victim's mother uh she showed forgiveness and she released herself from the bitterness of unforgiveness and at the same time she released uh, the murderer's mother from unforgiveness and as a result of that letter this young man changed his heart changed his mind and instead of giving getting out of prison and going and committing more crimes. Um, He became a person that wanted to clear up the debt that he had committed. And so you and I have been forgiven a great debt of sin. And so as a result of that, we have to practice this concept of Imitation Day. We have to forgive as God has forgiven us. And this is a great day to examine your heart. And I know we've just come through the, the great 10 days of awe and Yom Kippur, But every day is a good day to examine your heart. Am I holding any unforgiveness towards anyone in my life? And bow the knee to the Lord and say, God, forgive me. Go to the friend or the relative. um, Or maybe it's an enemy. I mean, Jesus said, give your enemy something to eat. Uh, You know, go to that person that's uh, possibly always been against you and forgive them for all that they have done. You'll be released and you'll probably release that person as well from, from issues they're harboring in their heart. So, uh, we'll see you next time on Israel and You. You can go to our website, IsraelTeam.org. That's IsraelTeam.org. And you can help us in our fight against anti-Semitism on college campuses uh, across uh, the nation. And that's what we do at Israel Team. We, we ch- we're changing the narrative one college at a time of uh, the rising narrative of anti-Semitism, anti-Judaism, anti-Israelism. And uh, we we write articles for the Times of Israel. You can go to the Times of Israel. Just Google my name, Aaron David, free, F-R-U-H, and you can read my articles there at the Times of Israel. So be a forgiver today, and we'll see you next time on Israel and You. God bless.